And we're recording. All right. Last week, we talked about the worship pathway and the intellectual pathway. And what are these pathways anyway? These pathways are the way that people naturally find they can connect with God. They feel close to God, connected with His presence, in these particular ways. And not everyone is the same. I was contemplating this this week, and I was thinking about biblical characters and the pathways they might have, and how radically different they were. And you have Moses, who the Bible describes as the most uh, humble man on the planet. But that word for humble is anav, I believe. I haven't taken Hebrew yet. Don't tell my professors I'm, I'm using these words. But the word can also be translated afflicted or depressed. Oh. How about that? And Moses did great things, right? And then you have the, the, the Apostle Paul, who's probably the most driven man ever to exist on the planet. They're like polar opposites, and God used them both. So one personality type or one pathway is not necessarily better than another. But we all have unique preferences about how we want to relate to God. So the main message of all the pathways is when you figure out which pathway you have, shamelessly lean into that pathway. <laughs> if you get into God's presence and you are fed by serving, serve your heart out. Lean into it. If it's worship, worship. Whatever it is, eat up. Do that thing. But while you're leaning into that pathway, make sure you are stretching yourself and trying to experience all the other pathways. Because being mature is being proficient in all the pathways. And at this point, I insert my... I'm, it's just a small part of me, but I am part gym bro. You know, and I'm... I've been in the gym thanks to my mom for a lot of years, and I just had to admit it. So I'm, I'm sorry, son, if you get that from me. But my analogy for this is nobody likes leg day. Nobody at the gym. I mean, okay, there are a few guys that like leg day. But most guys, my son likes leg day. If, they, if, if you look at them, the guys that have been working out a lot, they're like triangles, right? Like their shoulders are this big, and they're like, there's nothing going down. You know, it's because all they want to do is bench press and curl. Well, spiritually, <laughs> amen, Chris says amen. High five from up here. We don't want to look like spiritual Spongebobs, right? We want balance. We want to be proficient in all the different pathways, not just focus on the one thing we tend to like. But do do that thing you like. And for copyright purposes, actually, it's just responsible. These do come from a book by Gary Thomas called Sacred Pathways. So feel free to check that out. All right, tonight's first pathway. And if I seem to be speaking quickly, I am, because I have 13 slides, two pathways, and they all have multiple points. So this train is going quick tonight, and I am going to try to respect your time. All right, activist pathway. If you have an activist pathway, you feel most spiritual when you are starting something new. These people are the type A, hard-charging people of the kingdom. These people are zealous. They have a strong sense of vision. They celebrate a lot after they make a basket in basketball. That was for Keith, it's true. And you know what? Challenges do not discourage these people. Challenges energize these people. And you know you're in the presence of one of these people if they're running around like crazy and you're thinking, your life is falling apart. Like, you've got to be hanging on by you know, your fingernails on the edge of the cliff. Things are nuts right now. And they are smiling. 
I haven't slept in three days, and I've got all these projects going on, and I'm starting this nonprofit, and I'm working 80 hours a week, and oh, I'm helping out this family, and blah, blah. It's like, no one is forcing them to live this way. This is their preferred way to live. Bill Hybels writes about this pathway in his book, Courageous Leadership, and he's like, you have to understand, nobody strapped them to this rocket and sent them flying. Like, they want to be on the rocket. They are happy on the rocket, propelling through life at Mach 2. This pathway likes to be there. In fact, if you're in a routine situation, if you have a strict schedule and you're doing the same thing every day, that is horrible for you. Man, you're like, when is this routine of monotony going to break up? It's miserable. Where that might be really nice for somebody in another pathway for you, that's awful, man. Because when is the life happening, right? When do we have to do something? And you are absolutely thriving in an unpredictable, ever-changing, challenging situation while those around you are freaking out and wanting it to go away. That is where you are content. So if that's you, you have an activist pathway. These people actually feel close to God when things are crazy. They love it. When they're out on a limb and the limb might break and they're taking that step of faith and they might be stepping onto a cloud and they might not, they don't know. They like that. They feel close to God in those moments. They're unique. God bless them. I, you know, I have to admit at this point, this is, this is real talk. I have, I've asked the Lord, like, God, wouldn't it be cool if you made me more like this? Because these people are really neat and they do a lot of great stuff and they get stuff done. I'd like to be like this guy. And I, you know, I'm doing better, but that's called pathway envy, by the way. We're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Here are some favorite verses for you if you have this pathway. Are you ready? Genesis 12, 1 to 2. The Lord said to Abraham, Abram, excuse me, pre-name change, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I'll show you. And Abraham gets up and goes. If you're an activist, you've been bored to death in Haran, and you're waiting for God to come down and break up your monotony and send you off into the blue. Ready? It's like, yes, God, when is my call coming? Activists are ready for this. How about Matthew 28, 19? Jesus is about to ascend to heaven, and we all know what he tells his followers. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Yes, a slightly chaotic, a little ambiguous, completely demanding call to do something. Let's make this happen. If you're an activist, that is you, man. You are going to figure it out, and you will figure it out as you are moving. How about Romans 15, 20? I really think Paul kind of exemplified this pathway, probably. Paul writes, It has always been my ambition, so this is something he's always wanted to do, to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. <laughs> you know, think about that. Has anyone read about Paul's life like in Acts? And it's like, man, shipwrecked, beaten, imprisoned, stoned, Half dead, naked, hungry. How did you keep going, Paul? And yet, here we have Paul clearly saying, I love this life. It is my ambition to go places where Christ is completely unknown and break new ground. Even if that new ground is breaking him. You know? He's driven. And some people thrive on that. If you have this pathway, 
Here are some ways you can build on your strengths. I'm so tempted to ask people to raise their hands. Don't do it if you have this pathway, but I am curious. See you later. I'd like to know. Okay, this time. He's like, keep maxed out relational and activist. If that stays true your whole life, I don't know if the world is ready. <laughs> That's amazing. Pathways can change, but I'm eager to see. All right, ways to build on your strengths if you have an activist pathway. Create a sense of challenge for yourself. Find tasks that demand your best. So don't just go with the status quo. Find a challenge that makes you think, ooh, gosh, I don't even know if I could do that. Mmm, mm, dig in. You just made a noise, it's so funny. I was thinking you just then. All right. Find others you can accomplish big goals with. Good grief. What if you found another activist or someone else who can actually help you accomplish your goal? Like, rope in some intellectuals and some servant pathway people and, like, make stuff happen. Stay active. You have to keep doing stuff. It's kind of, you know, if you want to keep growing instead of backsliding, keep pushing into this pathway. And here's a fun one. Read about other world changers. Get biographies. You know? And read about these great men of the past that'll make you put the book down and say, oh, how did you do that in one lifetime? I was in the break room at Walmart one time and somebody was reading a book this thick. It had to have been a thousand pages. And it was the biography of Winston Churchill. And I'm like, good grief, that is a huge book. He did all that? And they said, yes, this is part two. Yeah. <laughs> I was blown away. By the way, I've never read it myself, but I remember the title. It was called The Last Lion. And just the title of the book, I was ready to leave that break room and, like, do something. I didn't even know what. But if you're an activist type, by the way, casting vision is one of your primary strengths. It's true. Take that with you. When you ooze your pathway, we need to do this. We can do it. We can climb that mountain. That mountain is not too big. We can, we can start that company. We can solve this problem. People catch it from you. That's one of the ways that you can serve other people. Because those of us who don't have that pathway need that. So bear that in mind. Do something you've never done. Anything. Try something new. Start a ministry. Find a problem in your community. Who's seen the animated movie Robots came out years ago? Yes! All right. I love those hands. God bless you all. I'm such a nerd. You know, Big Weld always says, see a need, fill a need. Big Weld is the activist pathway personified in an animated film. Just wants to get it done. And he gets upset and he feels like he can't do anything anymore. So, robots, suggested viewing. <laughs> Apply your passion in church and out of it. Go to the community with that pathway and make some differences. Cautions for the activist pathway. It's not all roses for the activists, although they are super cool, I have to admit, maybe one day. Don't judge others that aren't activists. So if you're oozing passion for something and you're punk and you just can't understand why everybody else doesn't get it, be easy on those people. They don't have your pathway, but they do need the passion and the vision that you can bring. Mm -hmm. Don't run over and use people. That's self-explanatory. Sometimes the drive will be so strong that you'll be tempted to drive over whatever might be in your way. Not necessarily good. Evaluate your motives, your personal, spiritual, and emotional state as you pursue big goals. 
here's what I think may be one of the most important questions we ever ask ourselves, and I've preached on this before, but in case you haven't heard me say it, I'll say it again. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Use that for everything. Yeah. Just good advice. Don't base your identity in what you do. Because ultimately, Christ does it all. At the end of the line, we will discover just how little we can actually take credit for. Even this pathway and the vision you cast and the drive you have is a gift to you so that you can be a gift to others. Amen. Which leads into my next point. Don't overestimate your importance or your goals in the bigger picture of the kingdom. This is not saying that everybody who has an activist pathway is an egomaniac. Don't hear that, because it's just flat not true. There are lots of humble activists. Just be careful. Just be careful. And finally, don't allow boredom to lead you into sin, because boredom might tempt you to sin just for the risk factor. This pathway is unusually accessible to that. Or, is that the, I don't know. Susceptible, thank you, thank you. Spell check in the congregation. Good, good. It's good, I appreciate that. All right, last page on the activist pathway. Ways to stretch. Try out every other pathway. Moving on. <laughs> it is true. Make yourself spend time in solitude and silence. It's good for you, darn it. Set the timer on your phone. Read, pray, worship. Try to raise your hand in church, you know. Make yourself find value in that routine. Learn something new. Engage your mind. And develop friendships. Find some people that are big enough, strong enough, and solid enough that they can actually be in a relationship with a personality like yours and make sure God is working in you and not just through you. Somebody strong enough that can actually hold you accountable. Did I just say the A word? I did. I did. Find somebody that can actually function in a place of authority in your life, not just somebody that you want to dictate to. All right? And you have to do it on purpose. And finally, develop your other pathways that are less natural. Don't try out everything else. You know, oddly, for the contemplative pathway, our next one, the ways to stretch are exactly the same. I know that's going to blow your mind. Try out all the other pathways. All right. Let's move on. The contemplative pathway. No pathways. You stop snoring. <laughs> Keith scored like a zero on this pathway. <laughs> in preaching this, it's tempting to make it sound like one pathway is in combat with another pathway. You know, that is never the case. You know, there are contemplative activists, I'm sure of it. But not usually. And probably not. Because, <laughs> whereas the activist is the hard-charging type, the contemplative, first point, they love, capital L-O-V-E, if I had the slides up, love uninterrupted time alone, and they carefully guard their time. It's true. I will be playing the defense for the contemplative pathway, as that is my primary pathway during the rest of this message. Second point, if you have this pathway, not only do you love uninterrupted time alone, but you make sure you get it. You guard your time because you require time for solitude and stillness. For some people, it seems like an option. Like, well, when I'm really, really tired, I sit down. Like the activist pathway, 
they keep going until their body fails. You know what I mean? And then they pull themselves off the floor and they keep going. But the contemplative is like, gosh, best friend, I can't hang out tonight because from four to eight, I'm doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> and at 8.15, I'm going to bed so that I can get up at four. And from four to eight, do absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know? And that is a real thing. It's a real thing. And it's not because they're mean, and it's not because they're being antisocial. The contemplative pathway, these people connect with God in that stillness. When all other distractions are removed, things are so clear, God's presence is so real, they are fed so easily. You know? In Bill Heibel's book, Courageous Leadership, he says that if you were to give one of these people a Bible, a good poem, and a notebook, you might not see them for days. <laughs> and they would be perfectly content, and they would be in such a rich time with the Lord. Also, without even understanding why or how, relationships and activities drain you if you have a contemplative pathway. Even people you really like. I have a Jeep. I like my Jeep. I also hate my Jeep. And anyone that owns a Jeep, or a boat, understands what I mean. That Jeep is so fun to drive, man. Especially in the summer. You take the top off, put a kayak on top, you just feel awesome being in it. You know, and the wind in your hair and your beard going south. You know, I love the sound it makes. I love the way it goes over bumps and kind of rocks back and forth because we had the sway bars off, you know. It is so awesome. But, you know, if I don't have any gas, it doesn't matter how much I like driving that Jeep, which only gets about 10 miles to the gallon. We're not going anywhere. So for the contemplative, they really like people. They really like relationships. They really like doing stuff. But if they don't have any gas, they're not going anywhere. And they get that gas in that rich, uninterrupted time with the Lord and nothing else. God's presence is most real when distractions are removed. And they are usually more spiritually sensitive than the other pathways. They, they're in tune with the Spirit usually more than the others. They're usually very creative. They usually have a rich inner world. And it might look like they're scatterbrained or not really there or marching to the beat of a different drummer, but usually there's so much of a rich creative life going on on the inside that that's where most of their focus is. It's true. Contemplative pathway versus if this is you, here are some of your favorites that you may not have known. Ecclesiastes 12, 9 and 10. Keep this in mind. The teacher was considered wise, and he taught the people everything he knew. He listened carefully to many proverbs, studying and classifying them. The teacher sought to find just the right words to express, express truths clearly. If you have a contemplative pathway, you're like, I totally got this teacher guy. I wish we could have talked, but not too much, or between the hours of 4 and 8. <laughs> Luke 2.19. This is talking about Mary, about you know, all the things that are happening surrounding the birth of, of Jesus. It says, Mary kept all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. She was a ponderer. People with the contemplative pathway are like, yeah, I totally get that. I ponder things in my heart all the time. And some examples from the past of people that had this pathway would be A.W. Tozer. Anybody like Tozer? 
I like me some Tozer, it is true. <laughs> and my other fave, Henry Nowen. Any Henry Nowen fans? Oh man, so good. High five. <laughs> if you have this pathway, here are some ways you can build on your strengths. Number one, you have permission to have this pathway. You have permission to spend those hours alone. You have permission to need that. You have permission to tell people, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I need to do this, which is nothing. You don't, maybe you don't have to tell them. Maybe, tell me you have another appointment with the Lord doing nothing. <laughs> Two, you require protected, intense times of solitude and stillness. Not an option if you have this pathway. That's where you're connected. Don't run away from it. Schedule the time to be alone. It helps if you can tell people, I can't hang out because this time is set aside for this. You know, because then you're not just ditching them. This is a prior commitment. So scheduling the time does make a difference, and it really helps not to offend people because if this is your primary pathway, people may have a hard time getting you. And maybe that's not fair, but we need to acknowledge that and plan for that because we don't want to offend. Be faithful to follow the intuitions and leadings that come to you in your time alone with God. If you're spending all this alone time and you're getting feelings and impressions that you never run with, hmm, man, what is the benefit of that connection time? So we need to be faithful with what the Lord lays on our hearts in these times of connection. Act on what you hear and consider writing or some sort of structure for your quiet time. Figure out a plan for how you're going to spend it so you're not just sitting there. Because that can be a real temptation. And actually, sometimes I would say, remember I'm playing the defense. Just sitting there is actually needed too. So, we need both. Contemplative pathway cautions. Don't avoid the demands of the real world. <laughs> just because the real world doesn't live up to your ideals. And you can't really run and hide from it. Don't do that. Do not retreat into your inner world when others disappoint you or for other unhealthy reasons. That creative well that you have inside you that's so huge can be put to not so great uses as a retreat when you shouldn't be retreating. So that's a caution. Resist the temptation to consider your private devotional time as less important than public ministry by others. Oh, we might start to think if we have a bunch of relational, activist, serving friends that there's something wrong with us because we need this time. Resist that. You do need it. It just needs to be managed. Do not judge others who are less spiritually sensitive or less contemplative to you than you. Just a nice way of saying, don't get snotty <laughs> because you think you're so special. You know? Uh, people who are contemplative will tend to have these impressions and these insights and these creative moments. And that is so good. We should always remember that God gives us those things so that we can bless others. Just like the activist pathways of blessing people with their drive and vision, we need to bless people with our insights and what we hear from the Lord in this time. And do not allow your private world to become an idol. Yes. Keep it grounded on solid biblical truth and submitted to pastoral oversight. Brief word on that, which is our last point of the evening. Actually, it's not. I have ways to stretch, but what am I going to say for this slide? Try all the other pathways, right? So, keeping your private world submitted. 
If you are a journaler, which is a fantastic discipline, any journalers in the house, follow journalers, awesome. And you are getting pages and pages and pages of insights about yourself, that's cool. If you're getting pages and pages and pages of things that you think God is saying to you, hmm, we do believe in a speaking God still. But it's a real good idea to make sure there's someone in your life that you can show that notebook to so they can say, hey, this is dead on. Yeah, this is right, because it will all line up with biblical truth, okay? Or else it's not right on. And I'd like to point out that there are examples in the Bible of false prophets who really thought they were hearing from God and really were not. Does anybody remember the story of Jeremiah? He's prophesying before the king and one of the king's prophets is like, no, you're going to go and you're going to win this battle. You're going you're gonna to gore the enemy like a bull. And Jeremiah's like, you're out of your mind. We're going to lose. God is going to judge us, guys. This is no good. And the false prophet goes up and punches Jeremiah in the face. And he says, which way did the Spirit of the Lord run from me to speak to you? He really thought he was right. This is a dude that should have been submitting his private world to pastoral oversight. Because Jeremiah was right, and they did not find out in such a good way. So, well, that was encouraging. Isn't that an encouraging? <laughs> Come back next week at 7. We're here every week, guys. Contemplative pathway. Ways to stretch. Try every other pathway. Get out of your bubble. Do go into that quiet time, but do come out of it. The contemplative pathway is not an excuse not to serve. It's not an excuse not to build deep relationships and know people or actually accomplish things. Actually, when you're getting fed by that quiet time that you need, that should drive you to do those other things. Cool? All right. Come back next week when we finish up with the creation pathway and the intellectual pathway. No, yes. What about the relational? Thank you. Relational? No, that was first. No, you did activist. Oh, snap. Come back next week when Pastor Anthony talks about something. <laughs> the creation pathway will be there. And I've actually forgotten what the other one will be. But no doubt, it will be good. And the ways to stretch will be to try every other pathway. Amen. Guys, thank you very much. We have a Bible study starting right here on the 22nd of March, next month when I get back from Asia. It's going to be at 5 o'clock on Tuesday on Galatians. Galatians. So come back for that. And there's going to be a prayer team up front. I think I've remembered everything this week. Yes? Good? Awesome. Yes. Thanks, guys. You are dismissed.